The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Gospel lesson, which is Luke 23, and it's verses 35 to 43. And if you want to follow along, you can find it on page 11 in your bulletins, I believe. And so I want to read that for you now, but before, would you please stand for the gospel of our King? The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written notice. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So here we are. It's Christ the King Sunday, and we did it. Today is the last Sunday of the church year. And before we, before we head into Advent and before we rush into Christmas, I have to take you all back in time today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start this sermon off with two words. And with two words, I'll take you back in time. With two words, I'll transport you from this church to a hill far away 2,000 years ago. Jesus' crucifixion. We've been here before, looking up at our Savior as he suffers and dies for us. But today, we want to take another look. Today, we want to look through the lens of the gospel writer Luke, who was inspired to write these words for us today. And we are going to remember that this king, hanging on a cross, this is our king. This is your king. This is your king who is criticized, yet confessed, and through whom paradise is professed. This right here, this is your king. And as if no one else had anything better to do that day, there's an entire crowd of people who stopped to stare while Jesus hung on a cross. Here he is. The king on display. And they weren't leaving. They weren't just trying to catch a glimpse. No, they were gonna, they were gonna stand there and they were gonna yell at him. This is your king. This is his royal place. And it's called skull. These are his royal robes, and, and they're placing bets on who's gonna get what. He is 
dying. He is being executed. And everyone is standing there watching. In every single one of the synoptic Gospels, that is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all of the Gospel writers talk about the crowd that was there. Everyone that was there that stood there and made fun of Jesus, that mocked him. And this is your king. They're making fun of him. You can see everyone standing around, pointing fingers at him, spitting at him, and making fun of him. And doesn't that just offend you? Doesn't that just make you mad? This is your king. This isn't just the king of the Jews. This is your king. And this is where you get to see him. This is where you get to see everyone making fun of your king. Making fun of a dying man, naked on a cross. That's right, they're making fun of a dying man. You, you can look to your left, and there stand the rulers who are sneering at him, and they're saying, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. Or just look to your right, and there stand the soldiers who are offering a man who is dying and, and covered in wounds wine vinegar. And they're mocking him and they're saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Or just look straight up ahead, right next to Jesus. And there's a criminal hanging there. And, and apparently he has enough life in him and even the guts to say, Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Here's a man hanging on a cross next to Jesus who's actually been deemed worthy of capital punishment by all of society. And he has the audacity to say this. This man doesn't even know what his real problem is. This guy doesn't get that from the day he was born his life has been on a highway to death, and in his case, an execution. This man doesn't get that his real problem is more than just those nails that are hammered into his wrists. No, that wasn't the problem. It was him. He was his own problem. He was a bad man. So who does he think he is? Who do all these people think they are to stand there and mock Jesus as if he were nothing? Is this the king that they want? Is this who they want? Someone who, who yanks the nails out of his wrists and shows them who he really is. Is this the king that they want? Someone who, who pulls that criminal down from the cross only to die some other way down the road? Who do they think they are? And I have a question for all of you this morning. Who do we think we are? That's right, you and me. Our names might not be written down here in Luke's gospel, but to be honest, they might as well be. Have we ever gotten caught up in criticizing Jesus? 
Have we forgotten what our real problem is? Have we forgotten that from the day that we were born into this world, we were born sinners who were going to grow old and die? I wonder if we'll ever stop saying, the real problem are these nails that are hammered into my wrists. The real problem is my job. The real problem is my, my relationship or my marriage. Jesus, fix this. Do something about it. Prove it to me. Come down from that cross and take care of my problems right now because I deserve better. I think it's about time that, that you and I get off of our high horses too. Because the truth is, is that we've also thought so little of the king that we've decided to live by our own rules instead of his. The money that we have in life, whether we have it or not, the relationships that are there or whether they're not, friends, families, marriages, those aren't the real issues. And we can point the finger all we want, but our criticism towards Jesus doesn't change the fact that we're criminals. It doesn't change the fact that we live in a world that's broken, where hardships and suffering, even death, is a reality. And I don't know what that's going to be like. Cancer, heart failure, liver disease. But it's frightening to think about how true it actually is. And now, the other convict hanging on the cross next to Jesus, he jumps in into this conversation that's going on, and he has something to say. Don't you fear God, he said, since you were under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, this man has done nothing wrong. What happened to this guy, this man, this other criminal hanging next to Jesus? Because there were two, right? What happened to him? In the Gospel of Matthew, do you know what we actually see? We see that this other criminal jumped in, and he, he criticized Jesus as well. He mocked him. But now he stands up and he defends Jesus. Maybe, maybe as he was hanging there on the cross, he thought back on his life and, and he saw his own sins, including his sins of mocking Jesus. You know, I have no idea what it was. I just don't. But there's one thing that I can say confidently this morning, and that is that the Holy Spirit was working that day. A miracle happened. 
This man saw that this, that this guy hanging next to him, he was different. And the Holy Spirit worked faith in his heart to see that this man right here, this was his king. There's no way that he could do it. He just couldn't. There was no way that Jesus was coming down from that cross. We can replay this portion of Jesus' life as many times as we want. But it's not going to change. He wasn't going to yank those nails out of his wrists. We can read, we can read about it as many times as we want, but the words on the page, they're never going to change. Something was more important to him than saying or doing anything. And do you know what that was? It was you. He loved and still loves you more than he loves himself. And this is your king. And the irony about it all is that everything that these men, the soldiers, the rulers, the, the, the convict hanging next to him, everything that they said was true. He is the Messiah. He is the chosen one. He is your king. And he came down into this world for you. He came down into this broken world to pray to his Father in heaven from here to take his life and not ours. He came down to find you, to feel your pain, to see what life is like for you, and to hold you and to never let you go, to grab you and take you to live with him in your real home. Suffering all that mockery, that was nothing for him. The pain that he had on the cross, those nails hammered into his wrist, those, that was nothing for him. It was nothing at all. Because the hardest part was yet to come. His own heavenly father was going to say, I'm done with you. And he did it all for you. All for you. His chosen people. The people who he loves. And this is your king. Suffering all of that was more important to him than losing you. You were more important to him than his own life. Now the last two verses of our text this morning, they have to be by far the most comforting and powerful verses that we can hold on to the rest of this day, the rest of this Christ the King Sunday, and the rest of our lives. And I want to read those for you now. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. I can just imagine the criminal hanging on the cross, looking or thinking about this as he's looking at Jesus. This guy hanging next to us, he's God. This man is different. 
that criminal, he got it. He got it right away. He knew that his, his time of grace was now ending. And he knew that there weren't any second chances. And he sees his Savior, and he sees his King, and he loves him. And what did this man become? He became an evangelist. He proclaimed Jesus' name as King to everyone standing around that day. And now Jesus finally speaks. I don't know if you guys noticed, but this entire time, Jesus didn't say anything until the last verse. And he says, today, this man was going to be in paradise with him. Paradise. That's the perfect place. That is the Garden of Eden. And when we hear that, we hear home. And it's not just sleep for your souls. This is life. This is life everlasting, and this is for you. And this is exactly where your king is going to take you. Paradise. Amen.